This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Woodstock is my co-pilot. This week on the Story Song Podcast. I hear the tale of Three friends who took All the songs that tell a story. It's the Story Song Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Uh, every episode we walk you through a story song. And this week, well, the holidays have started. They the holiday is season. upon us. Uh, and we are here to talk about Snoopy's Christmas. Now, you might think that this is related to the very famous Peanuts special, Oh No, My Friend. This is not featured on the soundtrack to that. No. To a Charlie Brown uh, Christmas. This is a uh, a novelty song from the 60s that's about Snoopy. Um, I am very excited for this episode because this was a perennial favorite in, in my household growing up. For whatever reason, uh, this was always, you know, this always showed up uh, at Christmas time. Uh, when I was a kid, I loved this song. And yet I know almost nothing about it. I didn't do the history for this one. Michael did, uh, which we'll get to in the next segment. But I don't know anything about it. I don't know where this song came from. Uh, it is super weird. Uh, I feel like it is definitely like the 60s. It's one of those like, you know, this was before like people did like franchise management. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just sort of like <laughs> random stuff just seemed to happen. And this is probably one of the most random possible. But um, Well, it also we feels that, like mm-hmm. just off-brand enough to be yes. a little weird. It's it's off-brand enough, and to the point where, like, if the history was some person who had no rights to Snoopy just wrote a Snoopy <laughs> song, I'd be like, I believe that. This makes yeah, sense. Um, they had to change anyway. it. They had to change it in some in some states to Snoopy's Christmas, just to <laughs> sure, just to make sure uh, they didn't have to deal with copyright. Well, infringement. let's just say, just you wait. Yeah, <laughs> if, if that's if this isn't a teaser for the second section of this show. But- but I, I don't say, know what is. But I will say this. As it was a perennial favorite in your house, Dan, the amazing mm-hmm. thing to me is I feel like I have never heard this song. And I listen to a lot of Christmas music. And I, I think I know some deep cuts. But I I don't think I've ever heard this song before 
recently. Rachel I mean, says she listens to a lot of Christmas music, but she just listens to Hey Santa on a loop for a month and a half every year. There's mm. nothing else you need. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I would be surprised if you've never heard it. If you were not aware that you were listening to it when it was on, I would not be surprised. That's but fair enough. This is definitely like holiday season. You know, this is this is like when when they're running out of Christmas songs uh, <laughs> on the radio. They'll pull this one out. Uh, this you'll hear this in a mall, or at least back when malls existed and we went to them. Um, you know, you you would hear it. Uh, so yeah, but again, it, but it is also one of those things where it's they. I mean, they definitely say Snoopy and all that stuff, but it's not clear that it is a song about Snoopy if you're not listening closely, which is right. one of the things I absolutely love about it. Um, but before we get there, Michael, do you want to just quickly tell us uh, what the story of the story song is? Um. Sure, I might as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, in Snoopy's Christmas, it is uh, Christmas Eve, and Snoopy goes is, as we see often in the the Peanuts comic strip, uh, Snoopy is fighting the Red Baron in World mm-hmm. War One, um, and during their air fight. Uh, the Red Baron is just about to shoot down Snoopy's plane? Mm-hmm. Doghouse? Dog, yeah, it's well, a doghouse, yeah. but it's a plane. plane. Um, it's a hybrid. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about what the reality... It's a crossover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crossover. Uh, but we're going to talk a lot about what the, what the reality of what's happening is. Anyway, yeah. go on, Michael. Um, uh, but... As it's Christmas Eve, the holiday spirit sort of takes over the Red Baron and he decides not to and instead offers him a holiday toast, uh, mm-hmm. after which Snoopy and the Red Baron both fly away uh, in their respective vehicles. They don't have wings. Um, and they know that they would meet again soon. Yes. Mm. And, likely, and likely one would kill the other, but not today. Uh, not today, <laughs> Red Baron. Not today. Not today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, a weird one, like we've mentioned. Um, this The whole Snoopy fighting the Red Baron thing, I think, is a thing that people uh, are not as aware of as perhaps they once were. As uh-huh. Michael mentioned, this was, this was a recurring thing that happened in the comics. Snoopy would have fantasies where he was a World War I ace pilot fighting the Red Baron. I think people mostly know the Christmas special now, which I don't think this has any it, part of. No, but the, I mean, the, the most famous of the peanut specials are, I think, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, and it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and mm-hmm. the World War One Flying Ace does figure prominently in the Great Pumpkin. Okay. And it's also in, say, there's definitely... also a huge section of the, the Peanuts movie. Right. I was going to say, there's definitely oh, yeah. in one of those uh, seasonal uh, specials, there's a big part where he's fighting the Red Baron. So it's the right. Great Pumpkin. Okay. Um, all right. Well, then that's, that's, so then I, uh, I'll shut up. That was completely wrong. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, uh, it's not in the Christmas. I've been changed. Listen, here's the thing. This is Snoopy's Christmas. This does not play into the Charlie Brown Christmas special at all. Right. Well, this, this is, I assume, before, right? Or maybe it's after. No, this is after. But, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, uh, again, franchise management, not, right. not as <laughs> right. big in the sixties because obviously it should play into the Christmas special if it's a Christmas song about the peanuts, but it does not. Um, but anyway, okay. 
So to start with, and even before we get to the song, uh, I'm sorry, everybody. We, we will get there. But before we get to the song, I have to say, so there are three songs. Um, and again, I don't know exactly how these came about, but I'm assuming they did the first song. It was a hit. And then they were like, well, we got to keep doing this. So the first song is Well, I guess not we don't have to do song. the history section of the show, huh, Dan? Well, I mean, if that was the only history you had, <laughs> that's you did pretty a poor much job. it. <laughs> I want to say that, um, but it was so. It's it's Snoopy versus the Red Baron. Um, this song is pretty good. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 or more. The bloody Red Baron was rolling up the score. Eighty men died trying to end that spree of the bloody Red Baron of Germany. Looking dog with a big black nose. He flew into the sky to seek revenge, but the Baron shot him down. Yes, he's wild again. I have two peanuts canon issues with this song, and I both with them. Snoopy versus the Red Baron. Yes. Okay. The first is that Snoopy talks uh, in the song, which I don't think Snoopy ever talked. I mean, obviously he made sounds, but I don't think he ever said any English words. It... So. That's if, a problem. Does he? T- he doesn't talk in the fantasy sequences, right? He's still he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Like in the in the the animated specials, he doesn't speak. He doesn't like mm. right. Actually, he you know there are sounds, but he doesn't speak. But he does in the comic he strip. Thinks. He thinks. Well, he thinks. Yeah, right, but he never speaks out loud. Right. So in this song, he says "curse is foiled again." Maybe he's thinking it, but I always had a problem with that. That Snoopy talks. I don't like that. Um, the second thing is that he says he got his battle plans from the great pumpkin. Snoopy does not believe in the great pumpkin. So he would not be in his fantasies. I'm rejecting this. Wholesale. <laughs> yeah, that's an issue. That one's that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a lazy lyric right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just a, like, we're just throwing this in. Oh yeah. I guess. Oh no. Never mind. Right. The great pumpkin, the great pumpkins in the, in the comic strips before the special, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Listen, so that maybe the great pumpkin is like a scapegoat. He's, you know, he wants to make sure he knows the Great Pumpkin doesn't exist, but he's like, right. he says, well, if this plan doesn't go well, I got to blame somebody. That's yeah, the, the Great Pumpkin gave me this battle plan. <laughs> like his general then, walks up to him and is like, uh, yeah. whose idea was this? Uh, it's a Great Pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. Talk to Linus. <laughs> he knows all about it. Well, Linus will be shot at dawn. Um, <laughs> then- and also, why are you talking? You're a dog. You've never talked before. <laughs> Then they did a second song, which was the return of the Red Baron, where at the end of the first song, Snoopy shoots down the Red Baron. Turns out in this song, the Red Baron jumped from the plane before it crashed and he survived. Snoopy goes uh, to find him again. Uh, He finds him fixing his crash plane. Uh, At the end, Snoopy jumps out with a pistol. He is is told and he's going to shoot the Red Baron. The Red Baron runs away and and it just sort of ends uh, on a cliffhanger. Um, I I assume this is probably a thing that happened in the comics uh, because they still reprint the the Peanuts comics um, in my newspaper, uh, and I occasionally read them to my daughter. And I always forget that like things from the fifties and sixties, even something as innocuous as the Peanuts has a lot of stuff in it. That you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh boy. Uh, <laughs> but so, but the idea of somebody running around with a gun, I do not like it. It's weird how him shooting no. people with guns on a plane. No problem with. <laughs> but once he has a gun in his hand, this feels totally different, and I don't like it. Hey, watch out, there's Snoopy. 
So anyway, okay. So I do want to say before you move, uh, just that this song stinks. Um, <laughs> the, Retur- the Return of the Red Baron? The Return of the Red Baron Well, is the bad. sequel's um, never as good as the original. It's true. Well, that's the thing. I, I think they had a surprise hit with the first one. Uh, they needed a quick follow-up. Uh, they were definitely running on creative fumes. Uh, the song is bad and really doesn't have any point, and the music is bad, and it's bad. Um, <laughs> but then they came back. They came back hard, which is, and smartly, they were like, all right, we got to tie it into something. Uh, So they did a Christmas song, and this is Snoopy's Christmas. The news had come out in the First World War. The bloody red baron was flying once more. The Allied command ignored all of his men and called on Snoopy to do it again. album version and we can get into this later but the album version is over six minutes long <laughs> the song is six yes song? and it okay. starts with a not real but a a dramatized radio broadcast i had i had this album i this is the album that i had so and then I goes into like with you know bombs bursting in the background this all sounds insufferable by the way it was it was um, well, I think I believe it's each weirdly song, effective. Well, I was gonna say I believe each song in the album starts with the radio broadcast because I had the I had the album on cassette, and so I had to fast forward through the first radio broadcast, <laughs> listen to Snoopy vs. the Red Baron, which I liked, fast forward through the second song, which is terrible, <laughs> fast forward through the radio broadcast to get to. So I actually like could I like I knew it took like 17 seconds, and I would take my finger off. And press play, and I'd be like right at the start of Snoopy's Christmas because I loved it. Um, but yes, there is like a fake radio broadcast about how the it's Christmas Eve, the war is raging, and then they there's bombs going off. You hear Otana bomb, jaunty little uh, military style <laughs> drum begins, and then you hear this: the news had come out in the First World War, the bloody Red Baron was flying once more. The Allied command ignored all of his men and called on Snoopy to do it again. Um, Not just again, third time. <laughs> third time. Also, how do the um, Allied command men feel about it? Like, no, 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 you are not going to get the job done. This dog will do it. <laughs> well, okay. So We're trained my first for this. He doesn't have opposable thumbs. <laughs> my first question how about is, this? How's th- Charlie Brown feel about it? <laughs> it's his dog. Uh, well, that's true. Well, okay. Okay. We got a lot to talk about. So my first question (laughs) is, is, is this our first story song that is an extension of a franchise? Meaning if this was the first song you've ever heard, like if you just heard the song for the first time and didn't know anything else, would you have any idea what's going on? Like you're supposed to come into this with some knowledge, right? You're supposed to know who Snoopy is. You're supposed to know that he fights the Red Baron, 
right? I don't think we've ever had a story song like this before where you need outside information to fully understand it, I, right? I don't think so. But yeah, you would, I mean, listen, you, you wouldn't know that Snoopy was a dog. You'd be like, yeah, who's I don't... this dashing person named Snoopy who's going to take care of everything? I don't well, think do they... they... Oh, no, in the first one, they... They, they say they he's, he's a, dog. a dog. Oh, okay. I don't think in this one they... No, no, but, I... but, but in this particular this, song... Yeah, if you go... Let's... Can we focus on this song, please? Right. Yes, but I don't think They never say dog. he's a dog. He never... They never say he's a dog in the song. So you, you, you would not know that if you only heard this song. Um, I think you would have many more questions uh, about this song <laughs> other than that. But yeah, you would not know that. Um, the second question is, is um, uh, now again, this goes back to the other songs. But um, so they says the Allied Command ignored all of his men and called on Snoopy to do it again. Who are the Allied Command's men? Because only Snoopy has been able to get this guy. Why are they trying to get other people but to that, to get him? But that's what they're saying. I feel like what what the story what they're saying is that the men the the flying aces that aren't flying aces anymore have been overtaken uh, by Snoopy. So they're like, you're not I even see. we're ignoring you because you haven't been able to do this at all. There's I only one oh, person that can I take see. care oh. of this, and it's a dog. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yes. Okay, okay. So I was sort of thinking that it was like other generals who were like, "You can't send a dog up there to fight the Red Baron." To even when I was a kid, I was like, "What are you talking about? He's already done it twice." Right. They say in the first song that the Red Baron killed eighty men. Oh, eighty men were killed. That's yeah. So that's what I, I see. What you're saying, you thought that it was about like people be naysayers and then being like, "Trust yes. me, this dog will get it done." They've got he's gotten it done before. He's he's never failed us. Right. He's the Air Bud. Of, uh, <laughs> of, <laughs> of airplanes, air... <laughs> yes, of yes. air attacks. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying that the men are the other pilots. Where he's like, that's what I thought. These guys. Oh well, that makes that makes sense. All right. Forget these guys. I'm calling on Snoopy to do it again. Okay. So then the other question on a metatextual level is that this obviously is all a fantasy, right? Like Snoopy right. did not actually <laughs> fight the Red Baron. Uh, he he you know, presumably was born in like the fifties, I guess. Right. Cause that's when peanuts started and he seems like he's a puppy in those early strips. So, uh, anyway, point is he was not alive in 1917 or whatever in order to, to fight the red Baron. So, and also he's a dog and he flies a doghouse. So right. those are, those are two other things. Uh, so that's and, three strikes right there. Right. And as Michael, Michael said, does not have opposable thumbs to, to grab the wheel and pull the trigger and all that sort of stuff. So that would, that would be difficult. Also it's a uh, doghouse, So it doesn't have a wheel. Um, right. Yeah. doesn't have wings. Yeah. Uh, not very aerodynamic. Yeah. Uh, a lot of problems. The Wright brothers actually, the, their first, uh, attempt at flying was with a doghouse. So mm -hmm. yeah, 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 it did not work. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. you know, we can't do this. Mm -hmm. But I bet you there's a dog out there that's going to make this happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. They tried to fly with the doghouse, and there was a snarky guy in the corner who went, more like the wrong brothers. Went, <laughs> Am I right? And they were like, shut up, Barry. Jesus. God, why do we invite Barry everywhere? And that's, and that's when the Wright brothers became the Red Baron. <laughs> Little known fact. Yeah. They traveled back in time. Uh, no, oh, they no, didn't. I guess they were. No, you're right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> 
Look, guys, I'm you, not smart, okay? But you know what? I somehow insinuated that the Red Baron flew before the Wright brothers invented flight. I'm a dummy, okay? But you know what's interesting? I almost, I almost made that same, not the same joke, but because I wouldn't. Um, right. But it's weird to think that the Wright brothers inventing flight happened before the First World War. You know, right. that just seems like... Well, they in- invented planes. Flight, I think, had always been around. Mm. Uh, you're being a real... <laughs> real Barry. Right now. I'm being a real Barry right now. <laughs> but that's... But you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't feel... The, the First World War f- feels so antiquated, I guess, or, or old. Yes. And yes. to think that the Wright brothers were even before that was amazing. Yes. Well, that well, there I were mean, air battles in that's World right. War One. Right. Exactly. Well, and I think you know, I I'm I think that the the planes were pretty, uh, you know, were pretty. Uh, what's the word I want? Primitive, right at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it says the the I'm looking here on Wikipedia that the Kitty Hawk experiments were 1906. So that's only, you know, it's like basically 10 years yeah. or less than 10 years. Because, uh, yeah, when's the war start? Like 1911? Anyway, it doesn't matter. 1914. But, so, okay, they 1914. Said, so they said less than 10 years after, after planes were invented, they said, okay, right. now what we want you to do is we want you to go up there and we want you to shoot other people right. like down in the same things. And half of the people said, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've, I don't even know what this <laughs> thing is. No, I mean, well, like everything that humans have ever invented, somebody was like, hey, I made this thing. And the second guy said, hey, can I kill people with it? Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because that literally was like uh, the the poor uh, Nobel guy uh, invented dynamite. Cause he was like, hey, guys, this is really going to help us with like mining and drilling and stuff. We can do a lot faster. And literally within days, people were like, you know what else we could do? We can blow people up with it. And he was like, wait, what? No, hold on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start the Nobel Peace Prize because yeah. they, I did not expect that to happen. That, that and, totally... and they said, great, give it to the first guy who uses dynamite that way. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. this is, this no, is not what I no. um, expected. But yes, I mean, again, like, but it's also a thing where it's like, so it's like seven years between the two, which is like a long time. Right. But for us, that seems like no time at all because it was so long ago. Right. Then how could that possibly be? Um, But, you know, if we invented something now and they use it in a war seven years later, it wouldn't seem that strange. But it just, you know, doesn't seems weird that like because it seems like, you know, the Wright brothers and World War One must have happened like literally within the same month. Right. Right. (laughs) It just doesn't seem possible that any time could have passed. Um, But anyway. okay. So, uh, the Allied command ignored all of his men and called on Snoopy to do it again. Then we're told, was the night before Christmas, 40 below, when Snoopy went up in search of his foe. He spied the Red Baron and fiercely they fought. With ice on his wings, Snoopy knew he was caught. Um, 40 below? Okay, here's my question. Is this taking place on Hoth? Like, where? it's so cold. 40 below? 40 below. Okay, 40 below what? You better say 50. Because... <laughs> and it's colder up in the sky. Oh, yeah. And those are open planes. That, se- that seems crazy. Where could it possibly be? Because, like, it was in Germany. Like, I know it gets cold in Germany, but 40 below? That's very cold. Guys, it's... I'm going to say this. That's really cold. That's Guys, like don't, don't fly cold. when it's 40 below. No. 
Well, fly when it's 40 below. If you're in a pressurized airplane uh, <laughs> where they have gin and tonics, sure, knock yourself out. <laughs> but don't do it in an open plane. I'm going to say that. Because uh, you're going to be cold. And especially Snoopy's got that big nose. Um, yeah. That thing's gonna that thing's gonna freeze up on you. You don't want that. There's no way you're covering that that nose. Yeah, poor little pup nose getting all cracked and runny. Aw. So the other thing is that so this is economic storytelling, right? Because we are now four lines in, and Snoopy is he's done for. Right. Right. <laughs> right. He spied the Red Baron. Fiercely they fought. Like he spied the Red Baron. Fiercely they fought. Those. That sentence alone was the other two songs in their entirety. That's that's all that happened. <laughs> they got to cut to the so, chase here. It's Christmas. It's People Baron. have places to be. <laughs> Fiercely they fought. With ice on his wings, Snoopy w- knew he was caught. Hey, first of all, again, economic storytelling, we're, we're, Snoopy's already in trouble. Two, Snoopy, yeah, you have ice in your wings. It's 40 below. Yeah. My dude, why are you going up at all? When when the Allied Command comes to you and is like, Snoopy, you got to do it again. Here's what you say. Yeah, a bit chilly. Isn't it, though? <laughs> it's a bit, bit chilly up there I right mean, now. It's 40 below. The, How about we wait a couple of yeah, days? Yeah, the cold will probably take care of him this time. I don't think I right. need to be there. I think the, the <laughs> exactly. frosty chill in the air will be his downfall this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the Red Baron might be the Blue Baron because he's going to freeze to death up there. So <laughs> how about I stay, drink an eggnog in my nice warm tent, right. and uh, we, let the, we let the Red Baron take care of himself. How does that sound? <laughs> how about that? Uh, also, how about if the Red Baron shoots anybody up in the plane, uh, they probably should have been up there because it's Christmas Eve. All right? Day off. Everybody knows it's a day off. So not really my problem. <laughs> is, I is thought we had agreed say. earlier in the year that we were all going to take Christmas right. Eve off. <laughs> Didn't we? Yeah. We gave up the day saying. after the 4th of July for the, right. for Christmas Eve, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Look, can I speak to the war's manager, please? Because <laughs> Also, I, I have an issue with my mean. HMO. <laughs> <laughs> the Baron had Snoopy dead in his sights. He reached for the trigger to pull it up tight. Why he didn't shoot, well, we'll never know. Or was it the bells from the village below? It's nice. It's nice that the bells changed the Red Baron's heart. Right. Right. Um, however, he once again, we were told, killed 80 men. Right. Um, <laughs> he's not kind. No. And he's also presumably killed or at least attempted to kill people on that day. Right. So, again, <laughs> I appreciate it that you didn't kill Snoopy due to the Christmas bells. But, you know, I must say it's too little too late. That's I'm right. going to say that. That's right. A little is, too little too late. This is very much a uh, the uh, Grinch situation where he hears mm. the bells and he changes his mind at the very last minute, by the way. I mean, if those bells had not rung out when they did, this would right. be a very different song. Well, uh, it's a good thing that they scheduled this battle for the top of the hour. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What they right. don't know is that. Those are just automatic. Like, they set those up automatically. <laughs> like, nobody's ringing those bells. They're just, like if they just go off every hour. If it was on the half hour, it would just be, like, one ding, and that's it. Right. That's not changing right, I mean, anybody's heart. No. That's not changing anybody's right. heart. I mean, are we to assume that this is midnight? Do they ring the bells at midnight to say that it is now officially Christmas Day? Maybe. Maybe. Going from... from so I'm going to say this. Oh, go, go ahead, Rachel. I was going to say that would explain why it's 40 below, because it's late at night, and it's much colder. Right. 
sure, it's night and, and it's winter, obviously. Um, but yeah, what I was going to say was if I'm Snoopy again, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out. I'll fight the Red Baron, but am I getting hazard pay for this? Because let me tell you this. A, it's cold, and B, it's the middle of the night. So <laughs> I feel right. like I should be getting at least time and a half right. uh, yeah. <laughs> for this. Yeah. yeah. Also, I'm writing down my mileage. I'm writing down my mileage <laughs> in the plane. Is that all right? I can expense so like this. I, right. I can get half the gas gas points, or how does this work? And also, now it's Christmas, so I've worked Christmas, which means I get, get New Year's Day mm. off. Mm-hmm. Right, New Year's right. Day, Bill. Right? Bill, you're up on New Year's come, Day. That means. Come on, man. You got. You got to <laughs> do me solid here. Um, Step up, man. Please see Woodstock for coverage. Look, <laughs> and I'm going to say this. No, I don't have receipts for the gas. I'm in the middle of a war. Okay. I, can you just? We can't go on the honor system here. All right. I'm not always. I'm always. I'm like, I don't always have time to get the receipt. They're not going to look for that? that in an audit. They're not. Yeah, they're just not. They're not going to look, Bill. They're not going to look. It's they're fine. Not, come on, man. Petty cash it. I'll, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, nine of our compatriots have died. But I really want I really want to get back to this gas thing because it's a real problem for me. 50 cents per gallon, right? <laughs> the Baron made Snoopy fly to the Rhine and forced him to land behind the enemy lines. Snoopy was certain that this was the end when the Baron cried out, Christmas, my friend. The Baron then offered a holiday toast, and Snoopy, our hero, saluted his host. And then, with a roar, they were both on their way. Each knowing they'd meet on some other day. I do want to say too that I, I this chorus is very good, um, uh-huh. and I I like I just like the bells that are happening in the back. Right. It is very evocative of Christmas. I, I think I think they do a good job on that. Um, yeah, and the slight change in the lyrics from asking peace of all the world, um, in the first chorus. The second chorus is bringing peace to all the world after the Red Baron has decided oh. to. To not is an, uh, shoot down Snoopy. They did as, it. As an excellent point. They, they asked did it. for peace. And then they, they got it. They got oh what they were. Now they're bringing gosh. peace. So they have it brought the, the bells have brought the peace. It answers the question. Yeah. Was it the bells from the village below? There it you was. go. It was. It does answer the question. Oh, my gosh. This is the Grinch. Who stole Christmas. <laughs> I will say listening to this song de- intensely, apparently, for the first time, because I'm sure I have heard it before. Um, the chorus is jarring or seems to come out of left field because yeah. it's a story about a dog fight, literally up in the sky. And then all of a sudden it's just like Christmas bells, doop, 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 doop. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Like it's, it's, they, it felt like they were like, they were like, just so you know, this is a Christmas song. Right. So <laughs> we're, we're throwing Christmas bells in there so you can't get around it. This is a Christmas song. But I like it. Well, yes. Well, and and this is what I was talking about before, which this is a song that presumes that you are aware of the Peanuts. Right. You're aware of Snoopy. You're aware of his fantasies about fighting the Red Baron. And that you're probably aware of at least the first song, if not the other two songs. 
right? Because this is the thing where it's like, so we all know like Snoopy fights Red Baron and this is the Christmas version of it. And it's like, we've ever like watched like an old TV show from the seventies. And then something happens where you're like, Oh, I guess that must've been a thing back then. You know what I mean? Right, where you're right. just like, I don't know what that meant, but it seemed like I was right. supposed to understand <laughs> yeah. what was happening there. Um, so yeah, this would be a similar thing again, where I'm sure, you know, again, Rachel, if you were in the mall and you heard this song, you probably heard the Christmas bells, those Christmas bells part. And you're like, oh, this is like a Christmas song. That makes sense. Not paying attention to the chorus, which is about a dog fighting, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, trying to kill someone during World War One. Um, you know, out of context of those other things, this song makes absolutely no sense. It barely makes sense in context, but I'm saying out <laughs> <Yeah>. of context. <laughs> the Baron made Snoopy fly to the Rhine and force him to land behind the enemy line. Snoopy was certain that this was the end when the Baron cried out, Merry Christmas, my friend! Um, which, is how, which is how they say it in the song. Spot on. Thank oh, you. That was solid. Um, yes. So, uh, first of all, when I was a kid, I definitely did not know what the ride was. I always wondered what they were talking <laughs> about. Uh, obviously, uh, the river in Germany. Um, and uh, I'll say this for the Red Baron. Uh, had a change of heart. His heart grew three sizes. Um, but he ain't no dummy. Because he's making Snoopy land behind enemy line. Oh, we're doing this. Right. We're doing this on my turf. How <laughs> yeah. about that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's no way people are sneaking up and uh, and, and capturing me. We're gonna yeah. do this uh, in my neck of the woods. How did he force him to land, though? Do you think he like shot out a wing? Because that would be a weird like transition to like to force him to land by like <laughs> he forced him to land just to have just to be like, hey, Merry Christmas, buddy. Like you can't just send a card. <laughs> send a right. card. It's weird. I don't know. I that's actually a good question. I mean, do you think he's shooting over his head and forcing him I down? I don't know. He might, maybe the, he's chasing him. Unless it's that the yeah, but if he's chasing him, Snoopy, how bad is Snoopy that he's just like? I guess I'm just gonna land behind enemy lines. You got. I don't me. know how maneuverable up. is a doghouse. But he. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but maybe it's because the ice on his wings. He was forced down. It was heavy, so it forced him down. Right. And maybe he knew like. About it. Well, I was gonna I say know. was. Or I maybe the red like, barons in front of him, and he's like waving him on, like this way. Yeah. Pull right. over. Pull over. He's just pointing down, like yeah. Um. <laughs> your turn gonna, signals on your turn right. signals on <laughs> there's ice on your wi- ice ice <laughs> on your wing oh he's not he's not getting it he's not getting <laughs> he's it not, you know what I'm, I'm gonna shoot down i'm gonna shoot the wing you, force him down and say there was ice on your wing i was trying to help you i was trying to yeah i was just like, your gas cap is open it's open <laughs> he's not he doesn't he doesn't know what i'm saying that's uh, the worst <laughs> that's the worst he's flashing his brights at him yeah, your headlights are off. Your uh, headlights are off. Okay, thank you. This thank guy you. flashes brights. You're driving with your hazard lights on. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, um, you know, maybe it's the thing where you're saying where Snoopy has to land and, like, the Red Baron basically, like, is staying in a position where he can't go back to to his. He has to land somewhere, right? Like, he's basically keeping him on the on the, on the on the German side. Right. Of things. He's like, just like not letting him pass, essentially. Um, but I mean, again, he's flying a doghouse. It's all fantasy. So I don't know. We don't really have to get into the logic of, <laughs> of what's happening here. Um, but uh, yeah, so they so they land behind enemy lines. Um, Snoopy was certain that this was the end when the Baron cried out, Merry Christmas, my friend. Now, has the Baron already landed when he says Merry Christmas, my friend? 
Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, because I was gonna say if if this is if this is happening while they're still in the air, um, what Snoopy is actually gonna hear is because <laughs> those old planes are really loud <laughs> and there's a lot of rushing wind. I don't think he can hear the Red Baron yelling. Uh, you know, make out what he's saying. Over the over the engine, I'm just gonna guess. I'm I, just saying. I and I will say this too. I mean, if he has landed in the in the not that I want to talk much about the other two songs, but in the second song, we know that Snoopy is not opposed to pulling a gun on somebody. No. So you've got to be careful, Red Baron. Now I'm concerned right. for the Red Baron because the moment he stepped out, like it says, Snoopy was certain that this was the end. He's desperate right now. Like right. This is the right. kind of thing where you you got to make sure that you know what <laughs> how the how you're going to be received if you're going to do something like this. And so far, Red Baron, there's nothing to indicate that you are going to be received well. No. Well, that is a good point. That's also this is also pretty grim at this point because Snoopy was certain that this was the end. So he is thinking that the Red Baron is going to force him to land behind enemy lines, and then I guess like murder him execution style yeah. like just like make him get on his knees and put yeah. a gun to the back of his head like what what does snoopy think is going to happen at this, this point like, this is like a prank war gone too far where it's <laughs> like god i was joshing i was just kidding you yeah yeah yeah. merry christmas buddy we were right. in a literal dog fight not seconds ago but you, i was jo- i was kidding it was a joke as a goof Oh my god! <laughs> You're so sensitive. Jeez, Snoopy. it's a prank! It's a prank! It's just a prank, bro. Ah, oh, this um, is for TikTok. It's a joke. <laughs> this whole this whole war, I, it was a joke. I'm punking you. There's no <laughs> war going on. Ashton, uh, get to, get out here, Ashton. Right. It's not even Christmas. It's March. <laughs> I just I set up giant air conditioners just to make it colder. Um. So, Snoopy was certain that this was the end, and the Baron cried out, Merry Christmas, my friend. The Baron then offered a holiday toast, and Snoopy, our hero, saluted his host. And then with a roar, they were both on their way, each knowing they'd meet on some other day. Um, You know, I guess, like, go to a movie, maybe have dinner (laughs) or something, you know. What are you doing, New Year's? (laughs) Oh! (laughs) New Year's Eve. I actually I forgot one other thing by the way. Uh-huh. Um, also, when he yells out uh, "Merry Christmas, my friend," uh, not only how does he hear him over the engine, why is the Baron speaking English? Because that's what Snoopy speaks. So you think the Baron learned English? Yeah, like, I think just... he's. Why can't he be multilingual? Well, English I don't know. is a is Germanic doing... language, so. Sure. Well, maybe. Yeah, it's maybe it was easier for him. But like, is he doing Duolingo in his spare time? Yeah, like. So. Uh, Rosetta Stone, just be like, you know, <laughs> he's got he's got I, the tapes <laughs> right, playing in the plane. He's listening to Muzi, um, <laughs> and, and they're like, "Hey, Red Baron, why are you doing this? Just in case I ever have a change of heart and decide not to murder <laughs> my sworn enemy, I want to be able to talk to him briefly. But I'm only going to learn a cer- certain key, key right. phrases, like Merry Christmas, my friend, Happy Birthday, Snoopy, just like a couple of things." <laughs> yeah. That Lesson might come two. in handy. Merry Christmas, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson two, if you suddenly have a change of heart and decide not to murder someone. It's a really specific Rosetta Stone, but yeah. appropriate uh, for certain occasions. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, uh, okay. 
So, so, uh, the, okay. And also the Red Baron has champagne in his plate. Why does yeah. he have that? He's I got guess a whole may- cooler. Well, he He's makes him land behind that. enemy lines. Maybe he makes him land like this is my favorite restaurant. Like it's really oh, hard, yeah. really hard to get a reservation. But I know some people here, especially Christmas Eve. So yeah, right. Oh yeah. He's like, I, mean, I, I, I know the chef. Right. <laughs> maybe he like, makes him land. Maybe the name of the restaurant is Enemy Lines. Oh <laughs> yeah, the parking behind. lot is behind <laughs> Enemy <laughs> Lines. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go parkings around the corner but yeah, yeah. you're not gonna find street parking in front of no. the enemy lines not on no, christmas not eve a, not on christmas eve <laughs> no thank way. you michael yes jinx yeah no no way man place is hopping and look it's really hard to get a reservation on christmas eve i don't want to be that guy but i i'm the red baron i mean come on i'm like the most <laughs> famous guy in town right now so i, I can get a table here um and i know the owner down. it's santa yeah. claus <laughs> So he's not even here tonight. Right. Look, I know the owner is the Great Pumpkin, and he's a good friend of mine. Um, and Snoopy's so... like, oh, my God, he's my friend, too. And Red Baron's like, no, he's not. No, he's not. Um, it's Linus's friend. <laughs> we established so... that in the second song, Snoopy. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he has uh, champagne in his plane. Uh, again, just in case he ever had a change of heart, mm-hmm. right. uh, he offers a holiday toast, and Snoopy, our hero, saluted his host. Um, and then with a roar, they were both on their way, each knowing they'd be out some other day. I'm going to say this. Snoopy, I get it. I get it. You're a man of class. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Red Baron has killed 80 people. Right. <laughs> yes. And he is- War before- crimes, Snoopy. Before the war is over, he's going to kill more. He's definitely going to kill many more people. I get it. I, I, I understand. But what I'm saying is, is after you drink your champagne and the Red Baron turns around to get back in his plane, you shoot him in the back. Okay? No. No. It is, it is, not, it is not honorable. Okay? <laughs> but there's a lot of young men who are going to go home to their families if you do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Red Baron's going to kill a lot of people, Snoopy. And that blood is going to be on your do- on your paws. <laughs> on your paws. That's on- it's on your paws. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I understand you want to be the honorable guy. You know what I mean? He didn't kill you. He's doing the Christmas thing. Like, but- I get it. But you got to be logical about this. But you tell me if, we, if, if this is going to be in the second part. But this actually happened. Not between Snoopy and the Red Baron. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) This is a true story. No, but do you talk about the fact that during World War I, there was a Christmas Eve truce? The Christmas Armistice, yes. Yes. Where the the English and the German soldiers played soccer. That's right. They put down their weapons. I mean, if you want, we could just skip to part three. But was was it in there? That was my question. Yeah, well, it's going to be, yeah. Okay, that's all. All That's all. We're just asking. That's fine. Tell us a little bit about it We're afterwards. We're just asking questions. We're just asking what questions. What I'm saying is that it's crazy that, you know, we're like, that That would never happen. But it did. Not oh, between yeah. a dog, Not between a dog <laughs> and a fictional <laughs> uh, a fictional war criminal. But, um, but it's Well, he's not, he's not fictional. The Red Baron's a oh, very that's real true, person. That's true. The Red that's Baron's right. a real person. That's right. I mean, not, um, not, not, not the Snoopy version. version. Not the Snoopy <laughs> yes. version. Um, but, right. But yeah, this I, is, this is like. This is like very bad historical fiction. 
right? <laughs> right, right. This right. is like this is like the '60s version of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. That's right. Which They're is like, about <laughs> yeah, made up stories about the Red Baron. Yeah. They're like this is this is I'm I'm gonna tell a story through song of the Red Baron. Mm. Oh great, because he's a, a real character. So what happens with it? Well, he's fighting a dog. I'm sorry. What? And it's Christmas. No, none right. of this. All right, you know what? Uh-huh. Just stop there. That's let's let's not let's not. Right. You know the German war criminal um, who murdered uh, eighty people uh, with his airplane. Well, I'm going to say he actually was a pretty good guy. That's what my uh-huh. song's about. Uh huh. How about I'm gonna that? Put, I'm going to put him in a bunch of cartoons. Right. Okay. Um. Uh, but um. And I'll say this. Also, I'm a big fan of uh, homemade pizza, and so that's going to be my <laughs> second thing. Yeah. That's weird too. Um, but anyway, but the the thing the weird thing is how do you end? They've had the toast, right? They're having mm-hmm. a drink. They're saluting each other. How do you end? How do you go like well, um I'm going to go and yeah. then next time I see you I'm going to try to shoot you out of the sky. I'm but this gonna... has been this has been great. But mm. maybe like we'll we'll meet up at some point. But I don't think it's going to be like this. Our second date is going to be way different, let me (laughs) tell you. (laughs) It's so weird. That's got to be a weird transition. I mean, it's weird. But I think, Rachel, exactly like you were saying, the the famous Christmas armistice, uh, they were trying to kill each other the night before, played soccer, and then the next day we're trying to kill each other again. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird – how do you – but what I'm saying is the moment – the moment that's going to end, how do you wrap that up? I don't know. And who's the first one to be like, I really got to go. This has been Boy. great, but I, it is late. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on this incredibly weird song? Just that it's weird. Great. Um, all right. Let's do Expanded Universe. Expanded Universe. I was going to say that this this must take uh, place in the same area as... Um, uh, the valley people and the mountain people. Yes. Right? The the bells are ringing for peace on earth. They're going to mm-hmm. overturn a rock. Right. There's, yeah, like, no, I rock. think what, there's a what lot changed of stuff his they mind. Don't straight out say it. Yeah. What changed his mind was he flew over the mountain, right. dark and red, and uh-huh. saw the stone yes. that had been turned over. Ah. And it said peace on peace on earth was all it said and he was like, right. eh, you know what? So maybe it was the rock and not not the bells. Yeah, he mm. heard the bells, the and he the bells made him look down. Yeah. He saw peace on earth, and he said, "You know what? Amongst all those bodies, I see a rock that says peace on earth. I think that's the way to go." Mm. Also, is that a Panera? I could go for a sandwich, <laughs> man. Uh, uh, I mean, a nice I know, broccoli cheddar soup right yeah. now. Like I know, I always say I can't do the bread bowl, but I'm gonna say this, guys. It's Christmas, all right. Yeah. yeah, it's a cheat day. I'm gonna treat I'm gonna, myself. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna treat myself. I'm gonna treat myself. It's also, fine. it's forty below, so <laughs> that's true. That's true. Also, I'm most likely going to be dead uh, in the next right, few days. Right. I am literally in World War One. Yeah. Uh, people are dying warm up. So I am like literally flying in like a paper mache airplane right now, and people are actively <laughs> trying to shoot me out of the sky. Right. So, um, okay, I will say that the dog in old red is probably a friend of Snoopy's. I'm gonna sure. throw that out there. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say is they that dated went... the same the same dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm gonna say that um, there was a young woman on the ground. Um, she saw a red blur go over her head, and she said, "What was that? 
probably not, probably ninety nine red balloons. Mm. <laughs> what, yep, is what yep. that was, right? Because she, she's she's German. Yeah, so right. Say, say she would say ninety nine Luft balloons. She hasn't Luft started Duolingo yet. Now the other thing is uh, when they stopped for their toast, it was it was at the Enemy Lines Cafe, and um, there's a woman singing there. That's yep. right. Name of Pearl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pearl's a singer. She's great. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she's, I mean, look, Pearl, she's got a rough life. She's literally in the middle of a war zone. Yep. uh, Singing at a restaurant. Look, you know what? You, You take the gigs when you can get them. Yeah. Wherever they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as she's done, they say, all right, guys, it's time for the dance party. Let the music play. Yep. And uh, that's what happens. So, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Love. <laughs> uh, oh, man. And, and he then, plays uh, this song, and it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then Snoopy lands his plane uh, back in London, uh, where uh, 50 years later would be a pub where the Sultans of Swing play. Yep. That's right. Um, I'm going to say that. So, uh, all right. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, but now, now that club is a disco. But oh, not, yeah. But not for Lola. That's right. No. Not anymore. I mean, that's cursed earth. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. Like I said, when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with Story Behind the Story. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Like us on Facebook. You'll get lots of great story song content, and we'll break up those crazy political posts from your uncle. Liking the Story Song Podcast on Facebook makes the world a better place for everyone. Except uncles. All 
All right, we're back. It's time for story behind the story. It's the story of this story song. Before we do that, though, uh, we got another five star review Yay. on Apple Podcasts. A little, uh, little early Christmas present to us. Uh, this one is from Stormville. Uh, he or she left us five stars, and they say, "I love this podcast. Very funny, and the chemistry between the hosts is off the chart." Um, oh, stop. That's nice. That's we fooled them. Yeah, we don't like each other. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. We greatly but, dislike each other. Yeah. But uh well thank you, Stormville. Thank you. Uh we we really appreciate it. And uh if you would like your review right on the on the show, uh well it's simple to do that. Leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you can rate podcasts. Well, that's and, right. Uh, we'll read it on the show. So uh, all right, Michael. Yes. Again, I am very excited about this because, like I said, this song was a perennial favorite in our household when I was growing up around holiday time. I've always had a rough idea of probably where this song came from uh, and why it exists, but I'm excited <laughs> to find out the actual reason. <laughs> so uh, please tell me. Well, it's funny that you say that because I, I think I first heard this song a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and was never really aware of it. And now I hear it constantly. I mean, mm-hmm. during the Christmas season, not every day. That surprises um, me because this feels like a song that you would have at the ready, Michael. I mean, I probably had heard it before, but like I first became aware of it maybe a couple of years ago. Like that I was I was consciously listening to it. Right. Like again, to Dan's point, I probably like heard it in a store. Right. Or something. Um, well, and and there's also one of the classic things where, because we played it every Christmas, I just assumed, well, everyone knows this song. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Even though that is clearly not true. Uh, but yeah, I just sort of assumed this was like one of the classics that, you know, this, White Christmas, like they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are the songs everybody knows. Well, like, what, and when you pay attention to the verse, there's there's the moment of like, wait, did he just say Snoopy? <laughs> right. Yeah, yep. <laughs> this is a Red Baron? <laughs> Are they in a war? Um, and then it's Christmas again. So it's weird. Anyway, so um, Snoopy's Christmas, as well as um, Snoopy versus the Red Baron and the Red the Return of the Red Baron, were recorded by the Royal Guardsmen. The Royal Guardsmen were formed in Ocala, Florida in 1966. The band members were Bill Balog. On bass, John Burdett on drums, Chris Nunley on vocals, Tom Richards on guitar, Billy Taylor on organ, and Barry Winslow on vocals and guitar. The group evolved from an earlier high school band called the Postman. Um, Bill Baylog's father was a postman, Mm -hmm. and they decided to be the Postman, but they dropped the (laughs) T, but do not explain why. Guys, just you're trying too hard. It was yeah. the 60s, and, like, it was, they're, they're trying to be cool. So you're the postmen? No, man, we're the pausemen. I don't even <laughs> right. know what you're saying, Bill. Is the T silent? It's not even there. It's not there. It, yeah. it, guys, it just looks like it. you misspelled postmen. <laughs> right. I mean, that could be what That's happened. It. <laughs> although, although, you do have to remember that for the first two years of their existence, people were just like, you know you spelled the word beetle wrong. Right, that's you know true. That. That's true. Right. I just want to be clear yeah, but, that. But here's the thing about the Beatles: beat yeah. is a word 
that makes sense oh, yes. with music, the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Posman just sounds I, wrong. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I agree with you. I'm just saying there was a lot of that going around. Yeah. Don't listen. Don't if stick up just... for the Royal Guardsmen. First of all, they weren't the Posman for that, that long. Second of all. No, no, I know. You know. But again, I'm sure a lot of people were, st- were stopping Davy Jones on the street just to be like, you know, that's not how you spell money. Right. I just want to. <laughs> no that's confusion. actually when it, whenever you see like a, a whole group of like teenage girls running after like the monkeys or the Beatles, they're like, you're misspelling words. <laughs> that's not how you spell monkeys. That's not how you spell the Beatles. Just so you know. They love us. No, we're just really, we're big spelling bee fans. <laughs> It's just uh, uh it's just a whole bunch of editors. Um <laughs> red pens in the air. <laughs> so after a few lineup changes, um they decided to become the Royal Guardsmen. Uh while they were setting up for a concert, someone asked John Burdett the name of the band and he didn't <laughs> he didn't want to be like, "Hey, we're the Postmen, but we're not the Postmen." We're so uh I I mean, I guess they didn't like the name. I don't know. So he looked at a Vox amplifier that they had. Uh, The model name was the Royal Guardsman. So he's like, "Uh, yeah, we're the Royal Guardsman. I love it. So it's a total like George Glass situation. Yeah. That's right. uh, What's our name? What's around here? uh, Let's see. Apparently, he also loves Lamp. Um, So uh, this was also during the, the British invasion. So having a British sounding name was kind of good. And I think most people assume that this is a British right. band. Um, and by most people, I mean me. So the final group was together by June of 1966. And by September, they had recorded a demo and were playing local clubs in Florida. They were actually a pretty big local band. Um, and it's interesting because they were sort of in between high school and college uh, at the time. They were all super young. Um, And while they were setting up for a local band showcase in Tampa, they were approached by a record producer named Phil Gernhard. Um, He gave them a... I don't know. I I think he went to, like, basically to every band and just, like, (laughs) handed them this lyric sheet. So he goes up to the Royal Guardsmen with a sheet of paper from a yellow legal pad and it has the lyrics to Snoopy versus the Red Baron. And he said they're trying to get the song recorded. And they were asking uh, all the local bands to see if they could see who could give it the mm-hmm. best arrangement. Now, he- here's what I, I want to ask. Yes. Um, and I'm sure you're going to get into this later. So I don't, I don't mean to, to jump ahead. <laughs> but so this guy's like, hey, I wrote this song. It's about Snoopy versus the Red Baron. Right. And I, and I want to find some band who can play it. Like. Was Charles Schultz or like the the whatever United Features, whoever owns the country, like were they involved at all? Like, can you just be like, oh, I wrote a song about Bart Simpson, right. and I want to try to find someone to sing it? Like, you, that just that that's a thing that yet. could only happen back then. Is my point? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like where they were just like, oh, we'll write this song about Snoopy, and then maybe we'll ask somebody if we can put it out, or you know, or you know, whatever. It's just like there wasn't that franchise that, management, yeah. right? The, Nowadays. Yeah. That's the same like, thing where right there's everything comes the from the top. Where like in the six fifties and sixties, isn't that the same reason there would be this the same song would be recorded by eight different artists in the first month? It was a free for all. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody had any idea what they were doing back then. It's crazy. 
And again, like if 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 I was like if it was now, and I was like I whispered into this microphone like. Hey guys, I wrote a song about Mickey Mouse. Like <laughs> right, Disney right. lawyers would come shooting in the window <laughs> of my of my basement where I am recording this right now. Like you cannot screw around with that. But th- but back then it was right. like, oh, I'll just write a song about Snoopy. I don't know. Maybe I'll ask somebody if it's okay <laughs> if I put it out. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um so what's interesting about this song, it was written by one of Phil Gernhardt's associates a guy named dick holler uh it was originally written as a serious historical ballad about the red baron not snoopy's christmas snoopy's uh, snoopy versus the red baron right um and it just didn't work and nothing ever happened with it um so cut to sometime later it was sunday october 10th 1965 when charles schultz creator writer and uh illustrator of the peanuts comic strip introduced the world war one flying ace storyline for snoopy and the peanut strip after that storyline appeared and it became popular uh Gernard had the idea to rewrite holler's original song and add snoopy so to a historical he said, about the Red Baron. He said, so weird. He said, hey, hey, listen, Dick, uh, you know that song, that serious song yeah. about the Red Baron? What about if we add a cartoon dog to it? What did what did yeah. Dick think about that? I mean, it was that's a hit. like <laughs> Yeah. That's like going to that's like going to um the person who wrote um uh what is it? Oh man. Cabinet of Enemies. What is the what is the Lincoln book? Uh oh yeah yeah. I think um yeah I, I uh, can't remember what it's called. But that's yes. gonna drive me insane. It says yeah. Dor- Doris going to Goodwin. Doris Goodwin and being like, what about if in this book you just put uh like a bunch of little Abner quotes? Like what do you? T- why would I do that? Why would I put little Abner in this? It's yeah. a serious thing. Well, I mean, they were lucky. They they picked a comic strip that was popular right. at the time. Um, I mean, at that point, Peanuts was a 16-year-old comic strip. Um, but they picked a comic strip that maintained its popularity right. for 70 years. Um, you know, like, they weren't like, uh, what if we made this Beetle Bailey's Christmas, you know? Right. <laughs> true, true. What if what if this was Dagwood's Christmas? So they added Snoopy to the original historical ballad um, and handed it to all these local bands to see who could come up with the, the arrangement. Um, the Royal Guardsmen had forgotten about the lyrics and they got a call from uh, Phil Gernhardt um, about going to meet with them. And they quickly put together an arrangement. And according to Chris Nunley in a 2018 interview in the Gainesville Sun... He told the band, let's make it corny. He won't like it. He'll leave us alone. <laughs> I don't like these guys. Yeah. <laughs> so they played, they, Gernhard came to meet with them and they played it for him once. And then he asked to hear it again. And after the second listen, he thought it was going to be a hit. So they rushed to release a single a few weeks later. It peaked at number two on the, the Billboard Hot 100. The, I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, first of all, these guys must have been floored when it peaked. They were like, this was a joke. Like, we, <laughs> how, <laughs> there's no way this is going to peak anywhere. 
it's never going to be released. And then it peaks at number two. Yeah. Um, peaks at number two on the Hot 100 the week of December 31st, 1966. And it stayed there through January 21st, 1967. Jeez. Spanning two years. Um, <laughs> and it was behind I'm a Believer by the Monkees. No, the mo- I, hey. I didn't even I didn't even know that. When the I misspelling the monkeys. monkeys. Yeah. Uh, it all for it all comes back to Mike Nesmith. It does. That's let's, right. Let's acknowledge they they come up all the time. Man, oh man. Weird. Well, the monkeys actually were on the charts twice that week. Um, mm. They were at number one with "I'm a Believer" and at number thirty-two with "I'm Not Your Stepping Stone." That song is great. By that's the that's way. a great song. That I song was about to say amazing. that. That is a great song. I like song. that song better than I'm a believer. Uh, I don't know about that, but I, I, I'm I, not your seventh song is a great song. I do. No, well, well, Rachel, the charts disagree, I, Rachel. I don't Rachel, know what to tell also, you. <laughs> I don't care. I'm telling you what your opinion is. So, <laughs> well, the only thing I was gonna say was I because you, you've heard I'm a believer a million times, so you might be a little sick of it. But I'm a believer is a great song. That's all I'm gonna say. It is a good song. Right. I'm not saying it's not a good song. No, I'm Rachel, you and I, I enjoy. I'm not your stepping stone. We are. Better. We are in a fight. Okay, just. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Let's take it to the skies. When I first met you, girl, you didn't have no shoes. But now you're walking around like your front page news. So there were a couple of other Big Deal songs on the chart that week by Big Deal artists. And again, it's all over the place, keeping in mind that Snoopy versus the Red Baron was number two. Yes. Uh, That's Life by Frank Sinatra was number four. Sugar Town by Nancy Sinatra was number five. The Sinatras had a monopoly on the top five that week. Weird. Uh, Mellow Yellow by Donovan was number six. Quite rightly. Tell It Like It Is by Aaron Neville was number seven. I Know I'm mm. Losing You by The Temptations was number eight. A Place in the Sun by Stevie Wonder was number nine. Devil with a Blue Dress On by Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels was at 11. Good Vibrations by The Beach Boys was 13. You Keep Me Hanging On by The Supremes was 14. Standing in the Shadows of Love by The Four Tops, 15. Color My World by Petula Clark, 38. Hazy Shade of Winter by Simon and Garfunkel was at 46. Give Me Some Lovin' by The Spencer Davis Group was at 100. It was a great week. Mm. And and to remind yet yeah. everyone yet again, Snoopy versus the Red Baron, right. number yep, two. It was ahead of all every those songs. One, every one of these people is just like, really, we're behind... <laughs> this dumb, this dumb band from Florida and their song about a dog. Fantastic. Did anybody hear that they didn't even want to record it? Yeah. Did anybody else speak to them and find just, out? Did anybody talk to Chris Nunley recently? Give me Phil Gernhardt on this on the it. phone. Um, just, just like you know, uh, Brian Wilson's like, hold on, hold on, Simon, Paul Simon, hold on a second. Yeah, <laughs> Petula Clark's on the other line. She wants to talk about the stupid thing. <laughs> Get her, get her on the party. Hello, line. Oh, no, we're no. all going to talk about. Hello, this. Spencer Davis. Yes, we're, we're 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 all talking about it. We all know. We're all upset. Yeah, four tops. Are you all on one phone or all on different phones? Uh, one at a time, know. Aaron Neville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, up Donovan. Anyway, so uh, anytime I do uh, a, a list of songs on the charts, I get the same question from Rachel and. Mm-hmm. Rachel, since you're wondering, this would be the point where you yeah. ask me. So, uh, yes, Herb Alpert's recording of Mame was on the charts this week. I could finally Thank tell you, you that. Um, Thank you so much. It was in its seventh week on the chart, and, but it had fallen from its peak at 19 <laughs> the previous week to number 24. Mm. 
Uh, that that is such a weight yeah. off. Yeah. Every time I <laughs> every time so I talk much. about the chart, she's like, "Was Herb Alpert's recording of Mame from the yeah. Jerry Herman musical Mame yes. on the chart that week?" I'm like, "No, this is 1981. I don't like it was from the 60s. It Why would you?" I, I need to know every. I need to know every week. Like, did they not re-release Herb it? Alpert's so recording of Mame. Yeah, it is. It is something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, to answer your question. Mm-hmm. Snoopy versus the Red Baron was released without first getting permission from Charles Schultz. Insane. Insane. Um, I don't know. It's not really clear exactly what happened, like how they got permission, why they got permission. Like, I think eventually they did get per- they did eventually get permission and he gave his blessing to like future recordings and the the subsequent songs. But I don't know if there was a lawsuit. I don't know exactly what happened. It's not really clear. But he did eventually give his permission. Until he did, Snoopy versus the Red Baron was released in Canada as Squeaky versus the Black Knight. Okay. So I want to say- Hold on. Two questions. One, did they change the lyrics to the song? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. The second question is- does Charles Schultz own the copyright on the Red Baron? Because why didn't they just yeah. call it Squeaky versus the Red Baron? Yeah, I don't think they thought that through. Um, okay. <laughs> so I don't know. Because it's still, I I think it's still about an air fight. Um, right, right, right. I mean, like I the Black Knight it. is still a pilot. Okay. Right. Right. I'm just saying, you know, right. I mean, does it say a funny looking dog with a big black nose? I don't think so. So let's. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Now I have a question because in Canada it was called that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, Schultz Schultz said, "Okay, listen, you you can use this, but there's no way in hell I'm giving you Canada. Right. You got to change it for Canada." No, I don't. I don't know exactly why it was only released in Canada that way, but but does right that must be have something to do with like copyright laws across nation because that that's happened before where they have to change in the UK they have to change the name of a song. Well, I think because they preemptively did another. it in Canada. Right. I did th- that's what I'm saying. My, but that's that's what I'm saying. So I don't so, know. Like, what I do know is Canada this. Canada said, you can't put this out because this is clearly Snoopy from Charles I mean, maybe. Schultz. What I do know is this. Um, yes. One, the original single release did not have any Peanuts artwork on it. Um, there was a cartoon of the Red Baron. But um, the thing that I really know is if you have a copy of the single of Squeaky versus the Black Knight, hang on to it. Really? Uh, there aren't a lot out there, I don't think. Those are those singles are are on top of uh, the uh, Beatles uh, Baby Butcher cover that Rachel has. Uh, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I have that starting her table. Yeah, man, I gotta start. Yeah, I gotta take those out from under that table yeah. leg. <laughs> take a good look at those. You just store them right next to a radiator. I, um, I mean. <laughs> Again, I don't want to belabor this, but the idea that you could put out a song about Snoopy without getting permission of the guy who owns Snoopy seems insane. Insane. And the fact that, like, again, today you would just be executed in the town square <laughs> if you did that. Right. Like, that is, <laughs> right, right. That is, that is a, 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 a punishable crime. It's a federal crime if you were to do that. Back then they were yeah. just like, eh, let's just, I mean, we'll ask. We'll see if he's all right with it. Like, so weird. So weird. Yeah. So in 1967, they were asked to record Snoopy's Christmas. And again, they were reluctant because they didn't want to be a novelty band. But 
ultimately they were glad they did besides the fact that the song was actually a hit they claimed to have had fun recording it and they liked the fact that they were able to work with a full orchestra um and like i said earlier the full album version is over six minutes long it has a spoken word intro with a dramatized uh radio news broadcast about the 1914 christmas truce ah. um it's it's kind of interesting and it is very effective like um basically the the christmas truce of 1914 was in the weeks leading up to christmas that year it was the very beginning of world war one it was like within the first five months i think there was a unofficial ceasefire um a widespread like along the uh, Western front between German and British soldiers. Um, and there were like prisoner exchanges and soldiers from both sides would play football and sing carols and exchange gifts Wow! in between trenches. So it's kind of crazy. So by this point, Charles Schultz had uh, given permission to uh, use Snoopy and, um, and so he had provided the artwork for the album cover um, called Snoopy and His Friends, uh, the first side of which contains the Snoopy, let's call it the Snoopy trilogy, um, Snoopy versus the Red Baron, the Return of the Red Baron, and they were both re-released on this album, and Snoopy's Christmas first appears on this album. Um, the Royal Guardsmen had a few additional Snoopy songs and a few non-Snoopy songs, but they're best remembered for these three. Right. Um, so, a little bit about the Red Baron, um, or Baron von Richthofen. Uh, he was a famous, a real person, famous German fighter pilot in World War I. He had 80 air combat victories prior to being shot down and killed in April of 1918 at the age of 25. And a little bit about Charles Schultz, um, or about Peanuts. It was created, written, and illustrated by Charles M. Schultz. It's one of the most widely read and influential comic strips in history. It is uh, the inspiration behind several television specials, feature films, and a stage musical. It debuted on October 2nd, 1950. Um, in December of 1999, Schultz announced his retirement, and the final new Peanut strip was published on Sunday, February 13th, 2000, one day after Schultz's passing. Um, Peanuts continues to be rerun in newspapers around the world and is still wildly popular yeah and if you don't know peanuts i i I can't help you what are we even doing here why are we here i can't (laughs) help you but uh, it's true like it's if they hadn't chosen a a peanuts character like if they had chosen some like random comic strip from the 60s that didn't necessarily have the longevity of peanuts like I don't know that this song would be a still a popular Christmas song. Right. Well, I think the one thing that is like the weirdest thing about this is that for all my joking about like IP and franchise management is that it started outside of official channels, right? Like yeah. I'm sure there are songs about Beetle Bailey and everything else. Like we've just never heard them. <laughs> right. But like I'm sure there were like novelty songs. Like um Oh, what's they're actually from the twenties, but uh is it Barry Google? There's some old comic strip that because uh, I watched the show Boardwalk Empire and they sing this like weird song that oh. turns out it was like it was like a comic strip and then there was this novelty song about the comic strip character that was a massive hit yeah, at the time. I know what you're talking about. Uh, of course now totally forgotten. Yeah. But anyway, 
Um, but like, so that kind of stuff happens all the time. It's just weird that like this was started by an outside person. That's why like it just feels weird, right? Because <laughs> it yeah. doesn't yeah. feel like like a thing that came from like an official, you know, what it wasn't like written by Charles Schultz, right? Right. right. When it didn't start from him. So that's why it just I it always just kind of feels off, which actually probably helps because it doesn't feel like a corporate like kind of a you know at least the right. first one anyway it doesn't feel like sort of a like cheap corporate cash in you know this isn't like all in the family sings or whatever right right um, <laughs> so but yeah it's just so just such a strange thing you know and again I always assumed not knowing the story I always assumed that it was just like oh they wrote a Snoopy song. Yeah, you know, because Snoopy was popular, and then they wrote another one. They wrote another one, you know, just to kind of keep it going. But the fact that it started out, they released it without permission. Yeah, just is so insane, you know. But um, yeah, it's it's like it's like fan fiction or something. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like they could have at the time, like a comic strip like Blondie was popular, and it's still running right. today. Yeah, but it doesn't right. have. It's not like Snoopy. the universal knowledge uh, that that Peanuts has. Right. Um, you know, at the time, like in the forties, fifties, there were like a thousand Blondie movies. Right. <laughs> That's true. You know, it was huge, yeah. and it's still I mean, around, still but a, it's not right. as universally known. Yeah, it doesn't have and the still, impact that Peanuts has. Yeah, and there's still a uh, uh, a sandwich chain called Dagwoods. That's right. So. Is there? So, yeah, and oh, a sandwich cool. called the Dagwood. Yes, just a really big sandwich. Yep, basically. <laughs> um, by the way, while, while you were talking, I was trying to see if there were any examples. I quickly uh, Googled Blondie song. And guess what, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. For a split second, I was like, oh, there's a ton. Oh, I'm a moron. Never mind. Forget <laughs> it. Forget it. Yeah, apparently there's, there's a song here, One Way or Another, is yeah. a song about Blondie. I think that's about, um, you know when you see Dagwood running into her out of the house? Yep. I think that's what that's about. <laughs> yeah. 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 Heart of Glass is about the boss, I assume. Uh-huh, he's kind of uh-huh. a meanie. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. That's all. Um, all right. Rapture is about that that whole storyline where there was a man from Mars. That's right. Um, who? The friends Dagwood yeah. and starts eating yeah. his yeah. cars. <laughs> yeah. His car. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the 70s Blondie got weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, great history. Uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Are you looking for a playlist of the hottest, most bumpin' jams around? Well, we can help you with that. But we do have a Spotify playlist of all the songs we've reviewed on the show. So if you'd like to hear that, search for The Story Song Podcast, the official playlist on Spotify. Then you'll hear the most lit baller bops that go hard. I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, we're back. It's time for lessons learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Uh, let's start with Rachel. Yeah. Rachel, what did you learn? Um, I learned that if you are a uh, new or even returning um, dog fighter pilot, you're going to want to go to the HR orientation every year to make sure you know your benefits, know mm -hmm. what days off you're supposed to have. Um, because if you don't, you they could make you work Christmas Eve and then you have nothing to back it up. You know, yeah. you won't be able to say like, well, in my pamphlet that they gave me, they said we have Christmas Eve off and I'm not right. supposed to work when it's 40 below 40 degrees or, or 40 <laughs> yeah, yeah, below. Yeah. Right. I assume when you're a, a soldier, you sign a contract uh, right. that, you know, that you can negotiate. Uh, you can That's say, right. like you said, I'm not going to fly if it's below 30, um, you know, or I get time and a half. That's right. Uh, for various, like if I'm flying on Christmas Eve. So make sure <laughs> if it's you... below 30 or if it's 70 degrees below 30. <laughs> That's yeah. Right, right. right. And listen, no, no, what, no, when open enrollment is, you guys, open enrollment is right now as you're listening to this. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. whether you're a dog fighter pilot or whether you're mm -hmm. just somebody who works a nine to five open enrollment just be, be take a look at your benefits and and meet with hr right. because next thing you know you'll have to be you'll be being shot down behind enemy lines by somebody who claims to be your friend one minute right and wants to <laughs> you know murder you or, or shoot you out of the sky the next yeah 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 um i'm gonna say if you are chasing um a war criminal yeah uh a serial killer whatever um and they offer you a moment of humanity. Uh, kill them right away. <laughs> um, do not, uh, because here's the thing. Yes. Are you dishonorable? Yeah. But guess who's going to know? Nobody. You don't tell anybody that. You go, oh, yeah, I don't know how. He just he let his guard down for a second, and I got him. So uh, you're welcome, world. That's right. I killed uh, the bloody Red Baron. Uh, hooray for me, Snoopy. Um, and guess what? Guess what? You're gonna sleep well that night. Don't you? Don't worry about it. Okay. You think about all the guys who, like I said, who are gonna go home. Uh, you know, again, if you are like Clarice in, you know, uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs, right? Um, guess what? Anthony Hopkins. What's the character's name? <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. Anthony Hopkins. He's gonna he's gonna get out right at the end of the movie. He's get out. So the moment he gives you. Uh, the thing that you need to know to catch Buffalo Bill, you shoot him. Just shoot him right. Just get rid of him I'll right away. This. That's what I'll I'm say saying. I'll say this to to a little bit add on to that. If they stop you and yeah. they they present you with champagne to toast with, mm -hmm. maybe don't drink that champagne. Oh, that's a good point. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. Or have a little thing of poison in your pocket, and then be like, "What the heck was that?" Oh, never mind. Forget it. And in the meantime, you've poured the poison right into their Dan, into their champagne. Dan, everything yeah. you're talking about sounds like the mm -hmm. original ending to a movie that didn't test well with test audiences. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were like, "I don't think that's what I uh -huh. want my my hero to do." Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all my movie endings end up as extras on DVDs. Uh, that's Michael, right. that's right. What do you got? I learned um, that the best way to learn history is to insert a comic strip character. <laughs> yeah. um, my One of my favorite history books to this day is uh, Garfield and the Defenestration of Prague. So... <laughs> You learned so much. It's a good way uh, to not, learn about moments in history. 
I will say that this though, that was very indoctrinating for you because now you hate Mondays. Yep. And yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, but you did learn a <laughs> lot about Prague, the defenestration of Prague. Yep. Sure. Totally yeah, did. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Garfield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nancy explains the bombing of Nagasaki. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this has been the Story Song Podcast. Follow us on the socials, like uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. Uh, and come back next time. We're going to tell another uh, talk to you about another great story song. So I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oates. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Find them at purple-planet.com. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. For even more great stuff from the Story Song Podcast, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at Story Song Podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next time with another great story song. Thanks for listening. Now, Rachel, get ready for three weeks from now when I write a text going, guys, we didn't do it. I can't find it. <laughs> that was so funny because I was like, oh, my God. And then the next second I was like, oh, wait, we 100% did. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.